Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! The The Horror. Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. Or you you can follow us. You can follow us, yes. (laughs) You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at O-T-H at SeriouslyDecent.com. And you can check out our website, OhTheHorrorPodcast.com. You can do those things. Yes, you can. I don't know that anybody does. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. We get a we get some analytics coming right from the site. Okay. Yeah. There's people I take that it back. Listen to us right through the site. Oh. There's uh, also folks that click our link on Facebook mm-hmm. and go to our site through Facebook and listen through Facebook. Mm. These all are right. all the things that happen. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So we're um, episode 71. Mm-hmm. You're doing half? Yes. I'm doing half. Yes. I'm doing the Borley Rectory. Yes. And I'm doing St. Joseph's Staircase. Yes, you the are. The Staircase of Loretto Chapel in Santa Fe, New Mexico. New Mexico. The New Mexico. <laughs> so how do you want to do this? You want to go first or me? I will do mine me? first. Okay. Because mine's supposed to be scary. Ooh. Ooh spooky. Yes. I have two sources. Mm. EssexLive.news, uh, Borley Rectory Haunted House, and I have an article from The Guardian. Okay. So we're going to start with a, it's a firsthand account mm. from someone who's been to the rectory several times. So yeah. it's their point of view from being at the rectory. Oh. So... Worley Rectory, the haunted house in Essex where the creepy ghost of Victorian boy was spotted. And of a nun. Ah. So Russell Old was just 17 when he first stepped foot onto the haunted grounds of Worley Rectory. He had no idea the things he would witness on that day 20 years ago and how it would impact the rest of his life. Russell once stood on the grounds of quote, the most haunted house in England, and that's a quote because that's the title of a book by a dude from the the Center for Psychical Research. So this is in the rural village of Borley, which is in the northwest of Colchester. The location is where tales of ghostly nuns, mysterious voices, and visions of an eerie coach and horses have been spotted over the decades. It was on that cold day at the beginning of the century that Russell spotted the figure of a young boy dressed in Victorian clothing. It all started one day when my uncle asked if I had ever heard of Borley Rectory, the most haunted place in England, Russell explained. We went up there for the day and I brought a couple mates. As we were driving down the road, you just felt your arm hair stick up. He's like, I knew I was near it. That's never a good sign. Yeah, we drove up to the church, and there is this little turning, which is like a, a turnaround. And he is in in that turning. You can sit in front of it. And he remembers being in the turning, turning his head, and looking toward it and seeing a little boy. I can remember it so well. The little boy looked Victorian. He was wearing his tweed jacket, and I could see it so clearly. I looked to my uncle and said, can we go? I don't want to be here. And they had no idea. 
I said, did you not see it? So he tells his uncle and his mates that he wants to go, and apparently nobody else saw it but him. But that wasn't the only thing that happened that fateful night. After returning to the site later that same evening, even more bizarre things started to happen. We drove back through in the evening, and all of a sudden there was a massive thump on the side of the car, the 37-year-old remembered. At that point, we had to stop the car in case we had hit something, but nothing was there. We were panicking, looking around at all the bushes, and there was nothing there. Everybody was really on edge. We got back in the car, and as we approached a turning, my uncle stopped the car, and we said, why have you stopped? He said, to let the car go past, but there was no car. He had seen headlights coming toward him, but there was nothing there. Their visit to Borley Rectory that day left an imprint on Russell's mind. It became a place that he would come to visit again, with even more spooky sightings and events happening. So let's get to the story of the nun buried alive. Borley Rectory was built in Essex in 1863, but became particularly infamous for its unsettling horror stories in 1929. This was the story that started with Daily Mirror journalist V.C. Wall waiting with a photographer in the woods behind the rectory one summer night. While they didn't spot any ghostly figures on their visit that evening, a light came shining from inside the rectory. Going inside, there was no light to be seen. From outside, though, they could spy the light coming through. It was these reports of Borley that famously inspired inspired the psychical researcher Harry Price to visit. His investigation at Borley Rectory would be hotly debated for years to come. Mm. On his visit, alongside Price that same evening, Wall believed he spotted a nun moving toward a stream in the garden, an historic sighting at the haunted grounds. Ghost hunters often quote the legend of the Benedictine Monastery, which is believed to have been built in the area in 1362. Legend has it that a monk from the monastery had a relationship with a nun from a nearby convent, which led to deadly punishment. When their affair was discovered, the nun was allegedly bricked up alive in the convent walls. That same day, Wall and Price claimed to witness a red glass candlestick fly past their heads and shatter against an iron stove, the mirror reported. They recorded uh, pebbles and slate bouncing down the stairs unknowingly, servants' bells ringing on their own, and keys flying out of keyholes. But nearly 100 years later, these very same occurrings are still recorded by people like Russell, Mm. who is now the founder of Essex Ghost Hunters. So this affected him so much that he started uh, a ghost hunting group. Yeah, he's like, this is what I'm going to do now. Yep. It was his first visit to Borley Rectory that kick-started Russell's spiritual journey and fascination with ghost hunting. Every time he has visited the site, they have always had paranormal experiences. We've been to Borley so many times, he added. We go around the back of the church and we film there. And every single time our video recorder has failed. We did a really good investigation not that long ago and we had all our equipment going off and we were telling the spirit to turn the light red for yes and orange for no. It was answering all our questions. And then when we go back home to edit the footage, it was all corrupt. So they got nothing out of it. We've had stones thrown at us in the car park. We stood there and these pebbles strike up the driveway and you're standing there hearing them as they drop and roll. Most of what Russell and ghost hunters alike see, though, 
is all corner of the eye stuff. There's obviously the tale of the French nun at Borley, and we have picked up her when we visited, he added. She has always said that what they did to her when they built the new rectory, they put her in the room and bricked it up around her and left her there to die. Bells ringing, heavy footsteps, and creepy whispers. Ghostly activity at Borley has been reported since 1819, with the nun allegedly sighted in 1836. From 1863, Reverend Harry Dawson Bull lived there with his family and were frequently disturbed by spooky incidents from rushing water in the house where there were where there was no mains or interior pipes, bells ringing with no explanations and the sound of heavy footsteps around the empty building. Terrifyingly, many of the cases centered around the daughter Ethel, who one night reportedly received a slap across the face as she lay in bed. After the first Henry Bull passed away in 1892, Henry Foister Bull took over the residence until he died in 1927. There is one instance when he was out in the garden and his dog started to howl and cower at something behind the trees. Bull spotted among the trees a pair of legs, but as they moved away, he saw the body and it appeared completely headless. He said it crossed the garden and walked through the locked gate. Reverend Bull also saw... Could you imagine (laughs) just like gardening, hanging out in the yard? Yeah. And like Dean just starts barking and losing his shit. Yeah. And it's like something because like say we have a fence Mm -hmm. and then like you open the fence, look around, and then there's this headless body. You say that like it's a bad thing or something. Yeah. What would you do? I have no idea. Do you think you'd be one who would freeze? Would you run? I'd freeze. Yeah? I'd freeze. I'd take it in. If it got close to me. No, I, would... I mean freeze, like lock up, like you couldn't do anything. Would you You think you'd do that? I wouldn't do anything. I would just stand there and watch. Yeah. One, to see what direction it's going to go. But two, also to see if... When my eyes adjust, it goes mm. away. Would you try to touch it? No. No? No. I've never tried to touch anything that I've seen. Yeah. No. I don't know. You I touch ha- me a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean like an apparition. I've seen yeah. two or three full body apparitions, and I've never, only one of them actually like talked, like said my name. Mm-hmm. The others... Just what it say, Jen, Jennifer, Jennifer, yeah, and that's when I knew it was nobody in my family, yeah, because like even if Trevor came in at like two in the morning because he needed to talk, it was always Jen, yeah, Jen, and then Jen, are you awake? So <laughs> yeah, because no one, no one in your family calls you Jennifer. Nobody calls me Jennifer. No, that I'm the I was, only one who will call you Jennifer if I'm just getting sassy. Yeah, yeah, That's no, it. and it was usually uh, when I was uh, when I was alone in bed, mm-hmm. and they usually it was when I was in the apartment, mm-hmm. and in what was originally the quote unquote I guess living room. Yeah, and I made the living room my bedroom, and yeah. They would say my name. Would it be a male or a female or unknown? 
Was it like a clear voice or a it whisper? Was a, no, it was a clear voice and yeah. it was a male voice, which is why I always was like, I, fortunately, there were only two dudes in Would the house Would it just say it once and that's it? It wouldn't say anything um, else? Usually it was when I was just like falling asleep. So I would hear Jennifer, mm -hmm. Jennifer. And then if I said what, silence the yeah. rest of the night. <laughs> and then it would happen again. And then I would go, what is it that you want or what is it that you need? And again, you silence. Should, you should let them say it three times, like Betel guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> See what happens. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird, yeah. but Find I never a sandworm out your window or something. I never like that. tried to touch any of them. Yeah, I think that would be my big problem. I would just have to point my finger and. I don't think that would be a problem, though. I think what would happen is your finger would go through, and then you would have to reconcile that one what you see standing in front of you. Well, the fact that it's headless and it's sitting there, I've already done a lot of reconciliation. <laughs> I'm just going to be first and foremost with that. Yeah. Heavy reconciliations already occurred. A good thing, though, with no head is you don't have to worry about them being like, hey, Frank, can we talk? Yeah. And if it's signed, I wouldn't know what it was exactly. saying. However, if it's a ghost, if it spoke with no head, because it theoretically could probably do that. Yeah, we don't know what the rules are. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I I think I'd have to try to touch it. I know you would try to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> would you do uppies? Uppies or downies? <laughs> or like a chest pat? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'd like be like, hey, Frank, nice to meet you. Shake hands. Like try to be all cordial and inviting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I would probably be dumb enough to do that. Yeah. And like try to engage in conversation. Mm -hmm. Be like, yeah, let's see where let's this goes. Friends. Like a stranger. Yeah. That I do with every stranger. Yeah. You know, if you're in my way, I'm going to talk to you probably. I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Yes. yes. I am that type. Yes. But I can be shut off. And Yeah. I don't. But see... I think, yeah, I would want to approach it, communicate, shake hands. Mm -hmm. I'd want to figure out a way to segue into touching it. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> your hands. Yeah. And then I don't think that would be enough either. Cause then I'd be like, all right, what if I walk through it? Am I going to feel something? Like I'm too curious for that type of stuff. Yeah. Way too curious. Yeah. And I know everybody says, oh yeah, but when you see one, you can freeze and run away. It's like, yeah. Uh, the first time I froze. I've been in a lot of situations where I never froze. I was like, why is there a child standing here? Mm -hmm. You know, I was in a house that there were only two adults in it. So, mm. you know. Yeah. So there's it, no reason for that. Uh, yeah. Well, that and uh, when I went to bed or when I went to sleep, I was in bed. When I woke up, I was in the bathroom. Yeah. And the kid was standing in the corner of the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, it's weird that you're watching me in the bathroom. Yeah. But. Two, dude, you're a kid. Like, where'd you come from? So then I was just like, did you know what? Did he have an apple and wanted? No, he did not. Okay. He All did right. not. Just um, clear that up. Get the rules out And of the way. so I did what anyone does. I went back upstairs and I went to bed. 
Mm. Um, the second time, just, just put a pin in that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I chalked it up to a dream, and that's how pro jock sleeper you are, because you know. just went right upstairs. <laughs> I know you. Yeah. You went right upstairs. You laid down. You put the covers on you, and you went. <sighs> yep. Mm-hmm. And instantly asleep. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Yeah. I would be awake all night. Yeah. No. I uh, I didn't have that. The second time, uh, I was still in the same house. Mm-hmm. I think it was the same child walking across the lower end of the yard, but like through the woods. Yeah. With an older gentleman that I just assumed was like a parent or grandparent, mm. um, like in a flannel shirt. Yeah. Denim. Or like heavy jeans, or or just dark pants, yeah. whatever. Um, but you know, I was I was in the house. There was no way that I could have shook hands with him or touched him if I wanted to. I would mm. have to. I would have had to run. Pursue. Yeah, I would have had to have been in hot pursuit. Create an uncomfortable yeah. situation. And then the. So you probably took a nap after that. No, I did no, not. No. I finished. <laughs> I finished the dishes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, so that happened. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then let's I, get these dishes done. Well, They're not going to get done themselves. I kind of like did the math. I was like, okay. I think that just explained the little boy in the bathroom. Mm. So the little boy is clearly so tied to trying, the property. So to you're trying property. to connect the dots. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. And I yeah. mean, it was it was an old piece of property. It was the oldest surviving structure on that road. Mm. And the road itself was over 200 years old. Yeah. The house had been a hotel at one point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Who knows? And the devil lived there. So all of those things all converged. <laughs> it was the perfect storm. We're not going to get into who the devil is. No, no. All right. So let's get back to so it. So what are we talking about again? The rectory. Reverend Bull also yes. saw the iconic ghostly coach. This of, was after, if people poorly. totally gazed off, this was after the headless entity sighting. This is the next one. Well, this is the ghostly coach of Borley with wow. two horses and a headless coachman leading its way. Hmm. I wonder how that story started. I bet they're all connected. No way. In 1928, Reverend Guy Smith and his wife Mabel moved into Borley, and on arrival, Mabel quickly found a small human skull, excuse me, while cleaning out the house. They in the be- house? Yeah. Okay. They buried the skull in the churchyard, but not long after, where Guy heard whispering, pleading words coming from the blue room mm-hmm. inside the house, saying, don't, Carlos, don't. So, I don't know that whole story. Yeah. So, much like the other occupants, they too heard the eerie footsteps echo around the house and randomly ringing doorbells. Their servant also saw the phantom coach pass by twice. And less than a year after moving in, the Smiths contacted the Daily Mirror, and so the tales began to gain infamy. You feel goosebumps! Borley went on to have other occupants and many more tales over the years, even though the ghostly sightings continue to be debated. 
1939, the rectory uh, burnt down, and not long after, it had been purchased by Captain W.H. Gregson. Years later, his son revealed that his father may have started the fire himself. For Russell, he believes Borley Rectory will always be a special place. He said, my theory is it's had so much history in the past that the energies have just lived and stayed there. Even though they are all sad stories, I do believe those energies are happy there, and that's why they stay. Huh. So. I don't know if I buy that. Let's get to the Guardian. Mm-hmm. Hoaxer's Confession Lays the Fame Ghosts of Borley by Amelia Hill, Saturday, the 30th of December, 2000. The most haunted house in history is to be unmasked as Britain's biggest hoax. Oh, here we A go. A new book written by one of the hoaxers will outrage believers and delight those who seek to disprove the existence of psychic phenomena. Really? In We Faked the Ghosts of Borley Rectory, uh, Lewis or Louis Mayerling, for whom the house was a second home until its destruction by fire in 1938. Now, you'll notice there's discrepancies in the dates between the two stories because Mm -hmm. the previous article from uh, Essex Live, it was 1939 when it burned. Uh, they also have different dates for when it was supposedly built or not built. And what what's the variance They have here? Um, 1938. Oh, okay. It's a year. Um, reveals for the first time how the hauntings were created by the rectory's various inhabitants, and he describes how they watched in amazement as the world fell for the elaborate hoax. An investigation carried out by the BBC the year before the fire, when Mayor Ling was 26, noted more than 2,000 incidents of paranormal activity and concluded that the hauntings were true. The Most Haunted House in England, a book by Harry Price, the most eminent psychical investigator of the time, who lived in the house for a year, cemented the rectory's position as the best documented case of haunting in the annals of psychical research. Harry's book became a sort of Bible and foundation of knowledge to the thousands who, in that age of psychic phenomena, were keen to believe, said Mayerling. Before long, Borley Rectory stories were practically a daily occurrence in the London newspapers. At the height of it all, we were visited by dozens of coaches packed with ghost hunters each day. People were coming from as far away as America. I would love to say that there were there was a grain of truth in it all, but I felt that the book had to be written to reveal the farcical truth about the house as personally experienced. George Bernard Shaw, T.E. Lawrence, Sir Montague Norman, Governor of the Bank of England, and Bernard Spilsbury, the Home Office criminal forensic scientist, were firm believers in the hauntings and attended seances at Borley. Even now, belief in the hauntings has remained so powerful that the case is still held up by believers as incontrovertible proof of the supernatural. Mayerling arrived in the house on the Essex-Suffolk border in 1918 to find the eccentric Reverend Harry Bull and his family of 14 children taking active delight in perpetuating local stories of a spectral nun, a family ghost, and paranormal activity in the area. The house was the embodiment of eccentricities of many kinds, Mayerling remembered. He reveals in the book how a magic piano that the Bulls claimed was played by spirit hands was in fact activated 
by the six-year-old mayorling plucking the piano strings with a poker from the safety of a nearby gap in the wall. The infamous examples of poltergeist activity were perpetuated by various servants and children who were, Marilyn claims, encouraged by the bulls to exploit the house's many hidden doors and passages. The example of paranormal activity that was given most publicity was the ringing of the servants' bells, said Marilyn. That was simply activated by prodding the servants' bells through the barred windows over the well in the kitchen passage. Britain's fascination with Borley peaked in the 30s when the Reverend Lionel Foyster took over the parish with his wife, Marianne. Foyster found it hard to survive on his church stipend of six pounds a week, and he and his wife decided that boosting the ghostly reputation of Borley was the best way to make ends meet. Sure. Mayerling, who had returned to live in the house with the Foysters, tells how the couple installed a new water heater, which emitted heavy knocking sounds, and proclaimed themselves horrified by the noises and pitted the skirting boards with phosphorus powder, which catches fire when exposed to the air. The couple encouraged Mayerling, still just a teenager, to walk the gardens at dusk in a black cape and turned up collar, giving birth to the myth of a headless monk who took to writing cryptic messages on the walls of the house. Probably to save costs at Borley, sea sand had been used in the walls in place of the regulation material. This caused a permanent dampness, which swallowed up anything written on them in a matter of hours, Marilyn said. Nevertheless, many scholars recognized the wall writings as being genuine poltergeist activity, and they were illustrated in the press across the world, adding a great stimulus to psychical research and spiritualism. Marilyn admits there was one incident he is unable to explain and which could prove there is still more to Borley stories than meets the eye. In Easter 1935, Shaw, Norman, Spilsbury, Mayerling, and Marianne Foister attended a seance at Borley. We chose an ill-lit and underground cellar at about midnight and sat in silence, he remembered. Someone gave a nervous cough and was about to speak when an extraordinary thing happened. The kitchen bells seemed to clang together in one single clash. Apart from those sitting at the table, the house was empty. And both Foister and Mayerling knew from experience that it was impossible to make the bells ring at the same time. Norman jumped up, and then there was a lightning strike of silver blue light, which appeared to implode from all walls in the ceiling of the cellars, and then there was dead silence, he said. Shaw had been in the process of pushing a box of matches diagonally across the table, and Norman was half off his chair in a turning position, but every member of the seance was struck with an instant paralysis, which lasted about five seconds. Weird. Afterwards, Mayerling was blinded. He eventually recovered sight in one eye, and Norman and Shaw refused to stay the night in the house. I can't explain that occurrence, and to be honest, it still makes me feel rather shaken, he said. The rest of the hauntings were, without exception, the most successful hoax of the age, but that still sets my spine tingling. So, through all the hoaxing definitions, they're saying that there might still be something going on there. He say he ac- accounted for the ghostly sightings mm-hmm. that he was a party to, but at the same time, he can't explain away this one situation that happened with the seance yeah. in the cellar. Because I think that would that be... That left a guy almost blind. Mostly blind. Well, 
He's he only recovered sight in one eye, which is slightly seeing. <laughs> is that like being mostly, mostly dead, dead, which is slightly alive? Yeah, you just checked her pockets for loose change. Yeah, yeah. Hello in there. Hello in what there. What you got here that's worth living for? <laughs> <laughs> what you got here that's worth seeing? I think that would be the ultimate prank is you create a hoax on a haunted house and then it becomes haunted. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sitting there like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> so the guy that got into the ghost hunting. Yes. What year was that? That was. That was a long time ago, right? No. Or was that recent? That was more recent. I don't know that my article had a date. So was he part of, because I'm curious how Hold he on. fits into the whole hoax thing. Was he falling for the, the bait all the oh, time? Oh, he or? fell, f he is claiming, well, this art, that article with the firsthand account, the yeah. guy who was the ghost hunter, that's yeah. from July 6th of 2020. Oh, okay. So that's... So he's standing by uh, his account. He's saying what he experienced there yeah. is legit. Yeah. And... We'll just say he's from the British Men of Letters. Okay, yeah. Can we make that easier? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. but he's stating his experiences were genuine, even though they were like corner of the eye thing, mm -hmm. which may or may not, you yeah. know, be accurate, if you will, but... He's had consistent issues with using equipment, equipment there, like that, yeah. which if we're following the ghost lore is. Yeah, that's in the top five. It's part of, of it. Things. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. He was he was affected enough to the point where. Oh, he dedicated his life to it. He's now a ghost hunter. Yeah. And the other guy. It's more it's more than a hobby. Than a, an actual pursuit. Yeah, exactly. There's some silent movie and show puns getting tossed here that only you and I are probably going to Right, get. but uh, the hoax book, that article is from 2000. So this guy is 20 years after. Yeah. There, after it's all been claimed as mm -hmm. a hoax, that it was all a hoax. Yeah, and this guy's still charging folks. And this guy's like, dude, every time I go there, something happens. Yeah. See, that's the weird stuff that, like, I was so glad we brought that in because that's the weird part of this whole story. Mm -hmm. You hear a lot of people talk about that with Amityville House. Yeah. Yeah. But Amityville House is a little different because there was an incident before the whole Lutz thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we covered that. I always got a seg. I always get a segue in episode. We, in, uh, but we uh, covered it in, uh, was it? Haunted Houses, our very we first episode. We briefly spoke about it and in Haunted Houses. And then we, but we did its own episode. We dived yeah. into, I was actually pretty proud of that episode that we did I loved there. that episode. Yeah. I've loved them all. If, if you're an Amityville honest. fan, though, I'm going to brag that one up. Yeah. that's If you're an Amityville fan and you haven't heard that episode, I would definitely give that its uh, its try. Yeah. Because yep. we, uh, we gave the Lutzes their little light a bit, but... Everybody just thinks it's the Lutzes, and there was this whole thing before. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting at with this. Yeah, it's like the DeFeo murders. The whole DeFeo murders. So, like, it's not to say but nothing should, could happen in a place like that. It should be you know? noted 
that everyone who's occupied the house since the Lutzes has had zero, zero. incidences. Yeah. Zero. Zip. Yep. Nada. None. Yeah. And the attorney and the Lutzes themselves have admitted oh, it yeah. was a hoax. No, even the, the priest is just yeah. like, yeah, no, who's, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit of wine. <laughs> and we I have, don't know, man. Yeah. But that's that's weird that he's, the British man in letters is still yeah. following this. Yeah. And into it. And so this article was written in 2020, July mm-hmm. of 2020, and he's stating that the first time he was on those grounds, he was 17 years old and it was 20 years ago. So that would have put it at 2000 when the hoax books, the hoax book came out. Yeah. And he had his incident there where mm-hmm. he saw the young boy in the Victorian clothing. Yeah. And then they had the incident with something hit their car. Mm-hmm. They thought they hit like they a they dog something. or something. Yeah. And they got out and nothing was there. Here's the thing though, like the car thing, mm-hmm. I've had that happen to where you feel like you've hit something mm-hmm. and then you look and there's nothing there. And that could be any kind of an animal. Mm-hmm. Like if you're out in the yeah. woods or rural type right, of areas. Yeah. That that'll that'll give a pass. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll negate that out. But the kid in Victorian clothing yeah. in the year 2000. It's a bit of a stretch. It's a little weird. <laughs> when you're saying it doesn't happen on the reg? No. <laughs> There's no. not little Victorian dressed boys just well, walking I don't, around? I don't know how they do that overseas. <laughs> maybe they do. Maybe uh, maybe that's just something that happens. But He had his little tweed jacket. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then this was the same guy who saw the headless guy or is that was a different guy? The That's British different... Man of Letters didn't see the... No. Okay. No. Um, the British Man of Letters saw the... Or someone else saw the someone headless else guy. Someone saw the headless, yeah. Yeah. But that okay. is one of the stories connected to the rectory. There's the nun. Mm-hmm. There's the Victorian boy. Yeah. There's the coach. Yep. With the headless coachman. Mm-hmm. And then there's the footsteps, the whispering, the ringing of the bells. Yeah. And apparently, uh, random spontaneous fires at one point, which was the phosphorus on the floor, mm-hmm. and the writing, like the spirit writing that just appeared on the walls but disappeared as well. You know, that'd be weird if you bought that place and you go to get the insurance to cover the house. Mm-hmm. And then they think it's used, you know, at some point somebody you know, maybe heard a podcast or read a book, like now I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to boost up the rate here because, like, you have flood insurance, stuff yeah. like that. Spontaneous fires. I yeah. see that as probably something an insurance company would have a problem I would with. see that as being problematic. Yeah. Imagine being the rep having that dialogue with somebody. <laughs> like, look, we don't really believe in this stuff, but we're just going to, you know, we're going to protect ourselves. We have to know. protect our assets. So, <laughs> so this, uh, this, this spontaneous, a little bit more. The spontaneous fire thing. Yeah. We're going to have to raise your, you're foot. either going to want to exercise the house and curb that, or <laughs> you're going to pay more in your premiums. Yeah. Well, or both. True. Yeah. Well, with the Ghostbusters ruling, where does that go? 
It's not just to sell the house now. Where does it stop? Could well, you get like the adequate thing with coverage? The Ghostbusters ruling is that's state specific. Like that's no, in, I know, but like, where does that like? I don't know. Once you set precedents for something, mm-hmm. it just opens the floodgates to yeah. whatever. You know, and I was listening to a podcast, and they brought up the Ghostbusters ruling mm. as being like applicable to all states. Yeah, and it's not. Yes, there was a ruling, but yeah. that ruling was New York State well, only, and you know, each state has its own thing. Here at Oh the Horror Podcast, we do that thorough investigating into <laughs> topics. We don't we just do. willy-nilly shoot we shit out into the air. Shoot from the yeah. hip. Yeah. We like to say as a disclaimer with all things, eh, you know, this might not be true, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Right, yes, yeah. yes. And, so uh, I'm going to go with that podcast probably has some writers for researchers for them. No. You know, that's what people got to understand. No, we do all the heavy lifting here. Chatting, and yeah. I don't think any research was done. Yeah, that's some beer. Yep. Getting loose. Yep. Hey, good for them. Mm-hmm. They're talking about cool stuff. Yeah. So is that the rectory? You got anything that's, else? That's the rectory. That's cool. Uh, it's a cool thing. Yeah. I'm really amazed that like, yeah, the guy's just like, nope. All this shit happened. Yeah, he's he's. You guys can say whatever you want. Yeah, he's stood by it twenty yeah. years, and he's. What a if ghost that hunter. was the uh, the criteria to make a house haunted? Is you had to hoax it and imagine it, and <laughs> believe till it's done. Well, no, because that's debunked. Because then Amityville Amityville should be a hotbed, and it's not. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, it'd just be funny. Maybe it just only works in England. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Just like, you know, people like young boys just dress up in Victorian clothing and hide behind trees. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the headless coachman hides behind the trees. And maybe it's because he's self-conscious because he doesn't have a head. Or he can't see. That too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What you got? Tell me about St. Joseph's Saint Staircase. St. Staircase? I remember seeing that Unsolved Mysteries episode. You don't watch Unsolved Mysteries. Are you kidding? That's yeah. what we did. It was Unsolved Mysteries and Amazing Stories on Sunday nights. Yeah, yeah. No, we all know. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, fine, whatever. So my uh, sources from this, I start with Wiki, and then uh, I went to, uh, I think it's pronounced Aledia.org. The Staircase, St. Joseph built in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Churchpop.com. Did St. Joseph build this miraculous chapel staircase? And Catholic Education, mm-hmm. History of Yesterday, and Chronicling America. It's also in the Consecration Consecration to St. Joseph book. It sure is. They do talk about it. They sure do. So the St. Joseph Staircase is pretty interesting. It's a staircase of Loretto Chapel in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it's well known for at least two mysteries. Mm-hmm. If you, what I'll do is go right from basically the Catholic uh, yeah. stories that have been passed down through mm-hmm. through the years. Uh, the two mysteries are the identity of its builder and the actual physics of its structure. Correct. That's the two main mysteries. Yes. There's more mysteries. Basically, in 1852, by order of then Bishop of Santa Fe, Jean-Baptiste Lamay, the Chapel of Our Lady of Light, mm-hmm. inspired by a uh, chapel in Paris, was built. And it was built under the care of the Sisters of Loretto, 
who were to arrive from Kentucky to found a school for girls. Yes. So that's the premise of the building. Yes. When the chapel was ready, builders were faced with a unexpected problem. And the problem was, is there was no way to climb from basically the main floor where the pews yep. and everything else was to the choir that was on the top. Correct. So basically in a traditional church like now, uh, or a common church, you would have, if it's the second levels where the organ and stuff is, it yes. used to be choirs then. They didn't have yes. yep. a lot of these smaller, smaller chapels. So the choir was on the second floor and there was no way to get up from the bottom to the top. And it was really just a, an error in design. Right. And it was one that the building's architect, uh, Antonio Moli, could not solve. And the reason for this is because he passed away. Yes. So now they're in this situation where they had the building. Didn't and they also reach out to other architects and their issue so, was the, well, like the height of we're, the... We're getting into all okay. that. So the nuns insisted on building a staircase. Yeah, they, they needed a way a, to get up there. a staircase up there. And the builders told them that it would be impossible and that the building... Uh, and I'm going to post pictures of this on the face group, uh, Facebook Yeah. Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> Because it really does explain, like, you see it, like, where it literally is impossible mm -hmm. to just put a staircase up there. And the building, uh, basically a normal, even like a ladder, would take too much room. Yep. That's how tight this area is. Yep. So finally, they just basically tell the nuns, demolish the, the choir section up top and just keep the whole building. So the nuns, they don't take no for an answer. Yeah. They decide they'll pray a novena to St. Joseph. Yes. The patron state of carpenters asking for another solution. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you're going to yell for help in a celestial uh, way, I, don't I see, would 100% have, have. I don't really see that a bad thing. option. No. You know? Yeah. P patron state of carpenters, you, you have got a, nothing to lose. You have a carpenter problem. Yeah. Here's a solution. So after finishing the novena, according to the testimonies, and this was passed from generation to generation because we're talking 1852 correct when this was taking place since the mid 19th century you know it's just been going generation to generation mm -hmm. the story is a man appeared at the door of the chapel saying that he could build a stairway but it was under one condition he would be granted total privacy so the stranger locked himself in the chapel for three months and with a saw a square and a few other simple tools and disappeared as soon as the work was finished without ever having asked for any payment for his services. Right. So the staircase is around six meters high. It takes two full turns over its access until it reaches the choir. Yes. So it's it's literally two, it's three, six. It's a spiral staircase. And most spirals that are of this height are like a 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's two because it's tightly wrapped to yep. fit in this space. Mm -hmm. It reaches the, the choir up top. It was built without any nails or glue mm -hmm. and lacks any kind of central support. Correct. So the, the construction itself is said to be impossible. Mm -hmm. According to some, it should have collapsed the very first moment someone used it. And although it's assumed that the central spiral uh, staircase is narrow enough to work as a central support on its own, it's quite, it's quite an accomplishment. Right. Yes. Because there's uh, most uh, spiral staircases, 
that people encounter, yes. as in pretty much all of them, yes. have this center support. It's like yes. a center pole. It's a pole. Yeah, mm-hmm. and basically it's what holds everything together. And that's what makes this staircase insanely beautiful. Yes. It's because there's no support in the middle like that. And it's just this weird, weird design. So they basically, in any case, the original staircase was not attached to any wall until 1887, 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when the railing was added, the outer spiral was attached to a nearby pillar. So that's like the railing and, yeah. and all that stuff. So, again, when I post this, like, you're going to have to think of when it first was up there. It had no railing at right. all. Yes. Right now it has railing and spindles. And um, I don't know if you've ever really fully seen Yeah. I have. Oh, you saw it on saw- Unsolved Mysteries. That's right. <laughs> God, I'm just such a shit. I know. So... <laughs> So basically, uh, the the railing was post post uh, post build, right? Yes. And and just to think that those stairs were there without railing just shows the time and era of people just like, well, it works. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, tradition claims that the mystery of the identity of the carpenter has never been satisfactorily solved, mm-hmm. and that there is not even a delivery report. That might help decipher where the wood came from. Right. During those three months, no one saw anyone entering or leaving the chapel. And as the carpenter left before the mother superior could pay him, the sisters of Loretto offered a reward to anyone who could make Locate him. Yeah. his identity known, but no one showed up. And so since then, the crafting of the staircase has been attributed to St. Joseph himself. Yeah. So, now... Yeah. Heart stop for a second. Go for it. Wasn't there at one point tests done on the wood mm-hmm. and the wood was said to have come from trees from. So, so I'm going to get to that. Okay. So now you get into the weird stuff before I get into the rapid. But the, the construction of the staircase itself is unique. For example, the staircase is not made out of any wood sourced locally. Yes. And native to Santa Fe. Additionally, the staircase has uh, what's known as a double helix shape with two 360 turns, as I was talking about before. Yep. And even more curious, the staircase has no visible supports. Carpenters today share how this would be a challenge. Here's a quote from Tim Carter via the Washington Post. It's a magnificent work of art that humbles me as a master carpenter. To create a staircase like this using modern tools would be a feat. It's mind-boggling to think about constructing such a marvel with crude hand tools, no electricity, and minimal resources. There's no newel or center pole to support the structure. So basically from a a carpenter view of this, so people can understand, the, uh, the staircase is basically the, it, with it built this way with no center pole, the entire weight is completely on the bottom step. Mm-hmm. All of it rests yes. there. The staircase is said to be held together with wood pegs, not nails. Furthermore, there are 33 steps in the staircase. This number matches the age of Jesus when he was crucified. Yes. These symbolic and astounding elements of the staircase uh, made this structure famous. Yes. And the black railing, again, was a feature added several years later. And it was just to help people 
climb the steps. Right. It had nothing to do with the integrity of no. the staircase. No, at all. it was simply yeah. probably HUD came in and they're like, that's not code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> some some building inspector was like, You need a railing on that. Yeah. So it's probably know, the insurance adjuster. And and with the uh the staircase being unique and complex, there is actually a physics explanation for the stability of the structure. Mm-hmm. And this um, master carpenter, Christopher Francis Ocean, explained uh, with a quote here, a simple staircase has two beams called stringers. Yes. And the treads of the staircase rest on these beams or are connected to them. The weight of the staircase is transferred to where the two stringers touch the floor. The only difference with the staircase at Loretto Chapel is these beams or stringers have been twisted into a helix. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty advanced yeah and in summary the stringers still provide support for the staircase like any normal straight staircase the exception is for the one in loretto chapel the stringers are twisted in a helix shape additionally the radius of the inner stringers is so small that it mimics the effect of a center pole Mm -hmm. so like the staircase itself is like mimicking yes the the stability of a pole Mm -hmm. um but even with these exp- explanations, the double helix, the floating uh, shape is still challenging, and it's especially fascinating and mystical at the time it was built over 100 years ago. Yes. At this point, uh, people still frequent the chapel to visit the stairway, and the chapel is used now as a museum and a wedding venue, oh. which would be cool because you get your picture on yeah. the, the staircase. Oh. Yeah. So uh, it's been featured in certain films and documentaries. As of uh, The Staircase in okay. 1998. So if you want to mm-hmm. get a check at that. And um, Unsolved Mysteries, believe it or not. Da-da-da-da! Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing feat of its own yeah. in, in the woods. So I, uh, as I was reading this, there was a segment where in the early 2000s, there was this historian, Mary J. Straw Cook. She made this announcement that she discovered the builder who constructed the staircase. staircase. And in her research of documents related to the chapel, she she suggested that it was made by Francois Jean uh, Rochas or Rochas. The evidence largely stems from basically this local paper, uh, the Santa Fe New Mexican, and it shares the death of this Francois Jean Rocas, and it mentions his beautiful work. This guy owned several carpentry tools at the time of his passing. In addition, uh, Cook found an entry in the sister's logbook in 1881 that stated that he had been paid for wood, given that some believe the staircase to have been built anywhere from 1877 to 1881, this would match up. The right. records, 1881. But that just means but with he this provided new, the wood. Yeah, yeah. And and so I I wanted to check and see if I could find the paper, and I did. And basically, I'm reading from the Santa Fe Daily New Mexican. Uh, this is January 5th, 1895. And it, it says it, uh, it's right here. Okay. Just so you can yep. confirm it. A letter from Las Cruces to Mr. Quintus Monier of date yesterday states that 
Frank Rocas, ah. Frank in there, was found dead at his ranch house near La Luz a few days ago. His friends believe that he was assassinated as previous attempts have been made. He was a Frenchman and was favorably known in Santa Fe as an expert worker in wood. He built the handsome staircase in the Loretto Chapel and at St. Vincent Sanitarium. And okay. it's funny because right underneath that, not related at all, there's a heading of a, of a, a little blurb. Don't tobacco spit or smoke your life away. Okay. And uh, they tell you why you shouldn't. Uh, why you shouldn't do that? Why you shouldn't do that. Um, I just, this is what I find beautiful about reading old documents is the truthful, startling title of a book about not to uh, something. I don't know what that means. But the harmless guaranteed tobacco habit cure that braces up nicotinized nerves, eliminates the nicotine poison, makes weak men gain strength, vigor, and manhood. You run no physical or financial risk. And then it tells you where to buy it. <laughs> Get your cocaine and heroin in a jar. Hey, you know, <laughs> smoking was bad then too. It wasn't preached like, oh, it's going to fix all your problems. Uh, so, yeah, I found that, but I didn't find anything of uh, the, uh, what do you call it, the the logbook right. entry for the paid wood. So now this is where the, the schools of thought kind of bang around together. Okay. Uh, many believe the whole story that St. Joseph actually built the staircase. The staircase. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's others that believe that St. Joseph provided... You know, the God builder. provided yeah. the builder yes. to the sisters mm-hmm. to build it. I think this is where it's interesting where people kind of come with angles with it. Either way, they prayed to St. Joseph. So this is their prayer was answered. Yeah, this is they got their staircase. Yeah, this is where like faith really throws a different wrench in the works mm-hmm. than someone who's non faithful, let's just say. Right. Because non-faithful, they'll just say, well, this guy, you know, came to it. It's like they were asking forever. Yes. And no one, you know, they were basically saying the only option you have is to burn this thing down. Like just. (laughs) Yeah. They told them to destroy it. To destroy the whole entire chapel. Well, to leave the chapel, but take the choir loft out. Yeah, the choir loft out. Which to them is destroying the The chapel. chapel. Correct. That's why I say that. And so they pray this novena. Yep. To St. Joseph, the patron yeah. saint of carpentry, mm-hmm. and this guy arrives. Yes. And not only arrives, but does this impossible feat. Correct. That even today, master carpenters look at and go, damn, that's good, man. Yeah, you know? I can't do that. <laughs> then you how know. can you say you're a master with, carpenter? With, you know, well, they're not the patron saint of carpenters. They're just Cur- master carpenters. They're just master carpenters. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day. So that's where, like, I laugh at the splitting of hairs. It's just people prove, like, oh, it wasn't St. Joseph, so it's full of shit. No. You know, and the it's like, well, remains. no, the fact remains. Their prayer is, was answered. Their prayer was answered. Be it in the form and, of St. Joseph yeah. or Francois. And this is the compelling. Either way. Yeah, this is the compelling power of faith. And yes. these are these stories that are interesting. And like I said, I would love to do a story of just saintly, saintly type stories. I just, cause yeah. there's, there's stories of people that were cured from being unable to walk. Yeah. 
and there's doctors that come and visit these patients like they're trying to figure out how there it are worked doctors and, now and, who and they just will don't see understand and say there yeah. is no medical explanation for what has happened. Yeah. I can only guess. S- I can only state what I saw and what happened was miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. No. And this is a pretty cool story in that regard. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. And the, like uh, I said, the 33 steps. Yeah. And that's the age of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, there's those parallels. And that's where, like, I hate to say, like, I hate the whole numerology thing. I've said this before. Yes. We're really... going to have to do an episode on numerology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to crack that uh, that door open as much yeah. as I don't like it. You know, because numerology, you can really just kind of yeah. let it take over and do anything. But there's some things you look at and you're like, yeah, it's pretty cool man that's (laughs) it's pretty messed up but yeah even even just finding him and say he was offered to pay the wood and all that stuff just the fact of how it was made yeah because i mean you're looking at the late 1800s at that time there was you know people were using nails um the fact you know metal and things he shut himself in yeah and just performed this miraculous deed yeah. because let's be honest it is they're still calling it a marvel of physics today and mm-hmm. amazing craftsmanship yeah you know that's it's pretty remarkable and, and and like i said i mean like they this isn't the stories that have come down like they've analyzed this wood yeah and it's not native of that area no it so i heard or I read. There's a lot of stories I, about the wood. Yeah, you know. and one of the stories is that the wood itself came from Bethlehem. Yeah, that it came from a tree that only grows in that area. Yeah, I've I've read stories of that, and and that's all I read was stories of that. Like right, I didn't yeah. read. Yeah, you know, so I really wanted to be pretty razor sharp with this. Right. Like I said, even the historian, like it links to that article. I really right. wanted yep. to stay to concrete stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, also that logbook just shows payment of the wood. Right. Doesn't pay him. There's no rate that was discussed. Yeah. There was no. Yeah. Um, you and know. here's the thing: if if they have this, the logbook has the verification that he was paid for the wood when they were looking to pay for the the completed mm-hmm. project and they even put out a reward. Wouldn't he logically be the first person they would go to before yeah. even being like, we got a reward. If you can find the dude that built our staircase, we'd really like to pay him for his services. Yeah. You know, we're just trying, we're just trying to be on the up and up here. Yeah. And nobody came forward. Now, could this guy have simply done this out of the kindness of his heart? Maybe. Uh, Who knows? Well, but the but fact remains, they prayed for a staircase. Yeah. They got a staircase. But even even with him finishing it, like he died basically like four or five years later. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the strange part of it as well. Mm-hmm. So when they were looking all around, I mean, he... The Santa Fe newspaper was talking. He passed away in Santa Fe. Or, you know, they yeah. were saying it was assassination maybe or something like that. Right. But it's like, so 
they didn't have to look far for him. He was in Santa Fe. You know? Yeah. <laughs> At some point, you know. But, yeah. And that's where, uh, yeah, it's it's just a really, it's one of those stories that you get into and there's more questions than there after are you leave answers, it that there are answers. Yeah. And I love those type of stories. Yeah. I think they're fantastic. But like you say, and I agree, I yeah, they prayed for someone to give them a staircase. They prayed for a staircase. They got a staircase. And it's not just a staircase. It's not it's like. amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it's exceptionally. It's beautiful. It's exceptionally beautiful. Yeah. And like I said, uh, when I post it up, maybe we'll, uh, yeah, we'll slow down the heat a bit on um, Facebook posts on the group on Monday. Okay. Uh, when, you know, so then uh, it won't get buried with some other right. stuff. Cause yeah. I, I don't want to put it with the podcast thing. I'll do a separate deal on it, but I'll show it out. And when you see the picture, you'll look and say, holy cow. Yeah, you know, it is quite and amazing. take the railing and the spindles out of it. And that was the, that staircase, was the staircase that was built. Got. Yeah. And they used it effectively for 10 years. Yeah. It's un- unreal. And it's very, very weird looking. And Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's none of its kind. Yeah. You know. I know staircases. No, I don't. <laughs> so, so speaking of the Facebook group, yeah. I have been sharing the artists from the Darksum Arts and Crafts Market. Mm-hmm. Their website goes live on Monday. Mm-hmm. So the day this episode drops, mm-hmm. that market, their uh, link goes live. I have shared that to the Facebook group. I also shared on Big Fluffy Dog Rescue is doing a fundraiser, and I shared the link for that. Uh, You have to go into the comments to actually find the link. They have linked up with a uh, local artisan to make um, bracelets for Mother's Day. So you can have pets' names put on there, a rainbow on the ends to are symbolize. Are those Facebook links or are they just regular no, website links? Then it, you need to give me those so I can put them in the show notes. Okay. Okay. So yeah. they'll be in the show notes and the Facebook group. Yes. Because I know so, people just don't want to be on Facebook and I don't blame them. Fair enough. One bit. Um, <laughs> I've also shared Evercrumbly and Witch. Their, um, I'll put them on the show Their site too. will go live again on Monday because they are part of the Darksome Arts and Crafts mm-hmm. market. And I also shared... An article on the third sighting of Nessie, um, the Loch Ness Monster, April 15th was the third sighting. And if you actually go drill into the article, they have they have the link where all of the Loch Ness Monster sightings are registered. Like it's like Loch Ness Monster uh, sighting register dot com. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty fascinating. So I threw that in there as well. Cool. I have a uh, thing that I found that's cool. It's called the Scary Fairy Store in Etsy. Yep. I tried to contact her. I didn't get a reply. So I'm not going to say any names or anything. I'm going to appreciate uh, their privacy as far as that's concerned. But they have uh, very cool dolls basically i know we say no dolls it's rule number two it is rule number two but they have uh like the creepy clown from poltergeist yep like the long arms like the circus it's fun fact they have that uh, clown was not made for the movie it was actually a clown that was in production at the time and they bought it 
and yeah, made put it, it in the movie. And made it scary. Yep. Uh, but they make these really cool movie-themed uh, dolls. And they're, uh, one's uh, like a, a gremlin mm-hmm. with striper. Yep. He's wearing like the uh, flannel. And there's the Miss Argentina inspired from Beetlejuice. Uh, they have a Jack Skellington like ragdoll with the yep the Santa the hat. Santa hat. They have uh, the Chuckly uh, Chucky girl uh, from Child's Play, Annabelle inspired. If you really want to roll the dice on something like that, <laughs> uh, there's uh, some cool Sally ones from Nightmare Before Christmas, and they even have some group ones. Yeah, that's uh, but pretty cool. Uh, I think for what the work is, they're decently priced. Because uh, I think Etsy, I have a different attitude on than yeah, say they're I'm artisans shopping from something there. I mean, there's some blood, sweat, and tears and that stuff. So yeah, like I know. will say, the ever crumbly and witch hat, you're paying a premium price yeah. for it, but it is 100 percent handmade. They yeah. make their their own like um, milliner. Yeah, fabric yeah, like yeah. they don't get it from Joanne Fabric. No, no. And yeah. boy, don't even get them talking about that. Yeah, they're like that's just crap. So you got <laughs> time for a true crime story? I always have time for true crime. Yeah, because I'm done with the staircase. Yeah. So Earth Day recently, by the time this drops, uh, I read this article, and I never knew I never knew about this. Okay. And basically, Earth Day has uh, these leaders that mm-hmm. run the organization yep. for Earth, Earth Day. And I'm not here to bag on Earth Day or anything like that. I I think Earth Day is a cool thing. I think, yeah. you know, every day should technically be an Earth Day. Correct. And if you're a Wiccan, it is. It is, yes. But that's where I kind of have a problem with yeah. holiday days yeah. and things like that. National Jelly Bean Day. Hey, if you like jelly beans. Today's your day. Today's your day. Any day. How about Pirate Day? Yeah. Arr! Well, National Jelly Bean Day is, I think, the same day as Earth Day. Possibly. I'm, I'm, I think it was, I yes. might have that right or wrong. One or the other. <laughs> so, Earth Days, uh, they had a, uh, basically, they their founder from Earth Day. Okay. Uh, was, because the founder now is uh, Ira Einhorn. Okay. That's who they say is uh, the founder of Earth Day. But there's actually a found, the real founder was Gaylord Nelson. Okay. Uh, environmental activist and uh, was served as the governor of Wisconsin and as a U.S. Uh, senator. Mm-hmm. And this was back in like the 70s, 60s, whenever yeah. Earth Day started. So there's basically this uh, <laughs> this truth that they're trying to, buried down that Ira Einhorn brutally murdered and composted his girlfriend. <laughs> He's taking Earth Day to the next fucking level. So uh basically they even gave him the the nickname the Unicorn Killer. Which okay. I, I don't know much about that, but his girlfriend Holly Maddox broke up with him and moved to New York. Einhorn threatened to throw her clothes and belongings out into the street if she didn't come back to get him. Okay. So Holly's like, look, I'll come back, get my stuff. She finally comes to return to get him. And the, um, you know, this 
leader who basically preached against violence and all this stuff for Earth Day, yeah, murdered her before doing these just crazy things to her co- corpse. This is right. according to police. I'm yeah. not like yeah. making this up. So Einhorn was questioned about Holly's disappearance a few days later, but it took authorities almost two years to realize he was the culprit after they conducted a search of his apartment. Two years later. Yeah. Had all the time in the world. Yep. And it seems his neighbor downstairs was complaining about a leak and like a foul odor. Mm Mm-hmm. So the police arrived to investigate. They found inside a closet above that neighbor uh, a a beaten and partially uh, mummified body of Holly Maddox crammed into a steamer trunk. Okay. So Einhorn was arrested in Philadelphia in 1977, but for some reason he jumped bail. Okay. He fled the country (laughs) in uh, 1981. And he spent many years hiding from the authorities in Ireland, United Kingdom, just right. kind of roaming all around. He then moved to Sweden and he married this wealthy heiress named uh, Annika Flodden or Floden. Okay. But after 23 years on the run and a whole lot of uh, just failed negotiations, Einhorn was finally extradited back to the United States and put on trial. He took the stand in his own defense, but the jury just quickly found him guilty. Right. And he was sentenced to life without parole. He died in prison at the age of 79 on April 3rd, 2020. Okay. Almost so close to Earth Day. So what happened to (laughs) Gaylord Nelson, who was supposedly the original originator of Earth Day? No, this is the original Okay, because... They came up with this new new person. So Gaylord Nelson is the new guy? Yeah, he's the one Einhorn... after this. Yeah. Okay, because the article had it different. The article had Ira Ein, your Einhorn Finkel dude. Einhorn Finkel? As Finkel is Einhorn. As the current. Yeah. Gaylord Nelson was the one they shifted to after Einhorn. Okay. All right. And they bagged Einhorn. Right. Yep. Okay. So so that's um so where was I here? Uh yeah, so April third, twenty twenty, he died in prison, age seventy nine. And basically, uh that's um that's a weird, weird thing with Earth Day. <laughs> Whatever, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading that. I was like, get the hell out of here. So then I checked uh, some other sources and checked, like, the cop-related cop mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, shit really fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird because, like, you look on all the Earth Day stuff, and, of course, they don't mention hide or hair of this guy. Like, No, why would nothing they? Nothing at all. He's a murderer. Yeah. Like, you got to dig. Yeah. You got to dig. <laughs> Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. But, yeah, I figure I'd share it. I don't know how many people have heard s- something like that. And if uh, if I'm completely off on it, please let us know. Tale as old as time. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So this wraps up Holy Month. It sure for do. For April. We hope you liked it because we had fun doing it. May 
We got what do we got coming up in May? Uh, our very first episode in May is another twofer. You twofer. get a BOGO. You sure do. You buy one episode, you get a second. Yeah. Just part of that episode. You don't even buy an episode. <laughs> we give you one, we give you another one. Right. Uh, I will be doing Santeria mm-hmm. and you will be doing New Orleans. Yes, yes. So that'll be fun. Yeah. We'll break I like a, it. Break away from the uh the holy the holy mackerel stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And just get into get into some old fashioned horror talk. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And we are definitely as I'm looking through the list of May, yeah. We yeah. are doing that. We are. We are. Roll we're our getting up. to our roots, y'all. Yeah, yeah. We're we're wading in, getting into a good spot in the pool, and then June is like the fucking deep end of the pool. Yeah. We're getting into yeah, that's ooh, that is the deep stuff. Yeah. Fun. We are. Very fun. Yeah. So and is there don't any don't even get me started about July. Any yeah, no, July's uh we're not even gonna talk about that. No. We're just gonna bring it in. Yeah. So do you have any announcements uh other than uh what we pushed no, and just what I've, and just what I've that. already announced. Yep. I'll uh I'll have to get the links for me to mm-hmm. put it in the show notes. So everything we mentioned with the uh the stores and the charities and stuff like yep. that, those will be in the show notes and they'll also be in the Facebook group. Yep. And like yep, I said, yep, we'll yep. we'll keep the Facebook group a little quiet on, on Monday. Monday. Yes. So you can check those out and check those links yes. out. And, um if you can help them out, great. I know it's tough, tough times with the pennies and the and the dollars. Yeah. But uh, if if you do, if you can help them out, and you know somebody either for a gift or right, exactly. You know. Yep. Mother's I'm, Day is coming up. I'm still trying to wrap my head that we pitched a person who makes dolls, but they make the dolls. You pitched a person yeah. that makes dolls. Well, here's the thing: they make the doll. They do. They do. And it's I not believe, like they're uh, finding dolls in the uh, attic or. Uh, Speaking or some weird island that just has dolls all over the place. Speaking you know, they're not of grabbing like those dolls. Uh, a refab of, mm-hmm. did you see the horror My Little Ponies that I posted? No. No. Oh. no I've been I've been consumed. Well, you should check it out because yeah, it they out. have Frank and Furter yeah. as one of the ponies. <laughs> it's fucking great. Is that like a garbage pail pony? Pony to look like Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. From Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. Oh my god! I definitely gotta check. That yeah, out. no, it's it's good. It's worth it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So with that being said, rule number one: no Ouija boards. Yeah. Yes. Rule number two: no dolls. Okay. <laughs> rule number three: no capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Yeah. Yes. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. I promise you it can be done. Yeah. It's been done before. It can be done again. Just, you know, even if it's something simple, pay it forward. Honestly, I think it's to a level where it's like, you know what? Try for one day to be a nice person. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Don't let things get to you. Right. And and I I love this one saying. Do something for someone and try not to get caught doing it. Yes. 
or some some person right. someplace like just do try something anonymously do something good. Yeah, yeah and don't try to seek any credit no. for it don't yeah. and to me that is like strongly addicting yes. like to just like do these paying things for the coffee of the car behind you all they know yeah. is the car in front of them paid for it. Yeah, or just like help out in some way that they're never going to know no. about it. Yep. And and no one has to see it. No one has to you don't have to post it. No. And and say I did this or show a video yep. of how awesome you think you are. Just do it incognito. Yep. Do it secret. Yep. Try that for a week. Try um, to just be nice. Try not to get upset about things. Don't let things get to you. Mhm. And try to do just one thing a day mm -hmm. and try, you know, for someone or something else and try not to get caught doing it. Right. If that's selfless don act. donating money anonymously, mm -hmm. if there's that elderly person that's in the grocery store yep. and, and they're pay for their groceries, or pay for whatever. their $10 worth of groceries. Cause it might be $10 worth to you. And even if it's hard for you, but it's $10 that would make an amazing difference to them. Yeah. That's and it's just dollars that they could put toward medicine that they, yeah, but it's need. also just the act of kindness. It has nothing to do with the money. It's the thought that there's still good people in the world, in yes. the world, because if you don't do any of that, then people will naturally be drawn to the idea that, yeah, you know what? There's nobody good anymore. There's nobody that right. does good things. If you're local be to the area, the Herkimer County Humane Society is looking for laundry detergent. Uh, That's any humane dish society. Soap it doesn't even matter. And who, uh, bleach. Well, they actually put a specific. No, shout but out. I'm just saying, like um, all humane societies yes, need that. Stuff. And the Stephen Swan Humane Society needs cat food. So those are all mm -hmm. things that you can. You can do you without can getting do, caught. And no one, no one will know you did it. Yeah. Uh, another thing you can do is go to the schools and you can pay off uh, school lunches yeah. if there are kids that are in arrears. And I don't know of a lot of places that still do it, but another thing you can do is pay off someone's layaway. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, again, those like are... Like I said, I, yeah. there's a lot of things that people can't pay for. It's just right. find something, something that helps yeah. someone out and, and just try not to seek the approval of others for it. Right. Because what it does is it, it shows this momentum of there's nice people. Right. Yes. And, and you can do that right. on your yes. own. You don't need to do it in a group. No. You don't need to set up a foundation. No. You don't need to set up uh, this, you know team of people to try to change the world just change the world by giving people the belief that there's good people out there and you can do that for free you yeah. can do that by just doing something in secret shovel a somebody's lawn no <laughs> or their driveway put a, guess what it's probably gonna freaking snow again put a grocery cart in the corral yeah just you know yeah, for once you know like where they belong. Yeah, for once a retail worker walking out and the carts are all in the corral. Yeah. Holy cow, there's yeah. people who actually care about this. You yes, know. exactly. Like I said, there's free things you can do that yes, just only are. cost you time. That's it. Just look for yep. them, find them, do them, and move on. Yep. Enough of my sh my soapbox Your and shouting. Stick. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, seven. It, it really does make a difference. Last rule. Seven. No. Or seven. No. That's right. Don't yeah, let eight. the black-eyed children in. Yeah. Or give them an apple. Yeah. Or mustard. That's the apple. one act of charity you can't do. 
You can't do that. You no. can't do that act of no. charity. There's things you do have to say no exactly. for. Exactly. It's like inviting and, in a vampire. Yeah. And if, if somebody's like, look, I saw you do that. Mm-hmm. You're not a nice person. You could just say, look, I just saved your life. Exactly. You're welcome. Yeah. I yeah. think what you're looking for here yeah. is uh, thank you so that yeah. I can say you're welcome. Yeah. And number eight is just listen. Yeah. That's something you can do for free, too. What'd you say? No, I'm just kidding. Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Have a lovely day. A wonderful week. And please, please make good choices. Take care. <laughs>